1: I can't what they might say, we love Jesus anyway. Ten Commandments, they're for the old covenant, right? New covenant, we're under grace? Yes, but not really. And not only are those Ten Commandments required, but they've been accomplished in Christ. As we'll see next, join us. Ten Commandments, more like ten characteristics of who God is, what His nature is like, and how He requires you and I to follow in His footsteps. Now, obviously, you and I are fallen by nature, sinful at best, and we can't do that. But we do know of one who has, one who did, and one who fulfilled that law perfectly. And that's what the focus of Exodus 19 and 20 are all about. I am the Lord your God. His works and his word. Join us. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gustand. We are back in our series, Arise, Move and Go. And God spoke all these words. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's program.
2: It's one thing for you to formulate your own notions about God. It's another thing to read his word explicitly and let his word speak plainly to you. See, in our, in our nation, is full of postmodern fantasy people, even in the church. I debate with them all the time. Even some of my my dear beloved brothers in our church, they love to argue with me. I just don't see it that way. And I go, I get it. You don't see it. You can't argue with a person that doesn't see it. Like there are people who are not going to see this. I don't agree with Pastor Jesse. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with whether or not you're going to believe what the Bible says. I just gave you guys five verses and I can give you more. I'm not going to do it because I want to go on and get through with my message. I'm just letting you know that the notion of an unconditional love is nowhere found in the Bible. In fact, it's militated against. And you cannot understand God in the way he acts with all of these conditionalities. And you have some unconditional principle that overrides it. At that point, you have set aside the true God and bought into a false God. And now you got to do hopscotch with the scriptures and pretend you love the Bible, but you're jumping over Deuteronomy and you're jumping over Leviticus and you're jumping over Hosea and you're jumping over Amos because I can take you to Amos now. By the time you're done, you're a fraud. You're pretending you know your Bible you're pretending you know your Bible. You do not know your Bible. You do not know your Bible. Am I making some sense? You don't know your Bible. You've been, you've been playing church a long time. And I'm sorry, saints, I have not. That's why I labor with you week in and week out. And I'm tedious with trying to help you think correctly and think broadly. All right. Let's go to point number two then. Point, uh, go back to point number one, sub point B. A model of love and obedience. The model of love and obedience is what God said very plainly. He says, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Your neighbor as yourself. Is that right? I love that. Point number two. I am the Lord your God. We see that clearly, do we not? Some points A and B says, this is seen by the revelation of his work. And then it's seen by the revelation of his what? His word. Now, what God is saying in Exodus, Moses repeats in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Look at verses 11 through 13. I just want you to hear something that Israel was tautologically taught over and over. And I want you to get it. On that day when God spoke to Israel on Mount Sinai, and according to Exodus 19:1, it was in the third month that they came out of the wilderness. I want you to hear me. Here's what God said. God said, I want to make sure you understand on that day when you and I communicated, you saw no face. You don't get to tell anyone you saw me. You heard me. Did y'all get that? Faith comes by hearing. It's not by seeing. God was never seen. He was only heard. Israel was told that over and over again, you had a God that came to you in words. See what I'm getting at? Listen to it. And you came near and you stood under the mountain and the mountain burned with fire unto the mist of heaven with dark clouds and thick darkness. God made that thing dark, didn't he? Look at the next verse. And the Lord did what? Spake unto you out of the midst of the fire, just like he did Moses. Why? Because he's bringing the children of Israel into the same mediation role that he did with Moses. He started with Moses. All Moses heard was a voice out of the fire in the burning bush. Now Israel is entering into that mediatorial work. They're hearing the voice of God out of the fire. And notice what it says, but you saw no similitude, only you heard a voice. See that? This is true for you and me too. The only thing you and I have ever heard is a voice. We've never seen God's face. We haven't even seen Jesus's face. We walk by faith just like they did. If in fact God's voice is heard in your heart, you are walking by faith, not by sight. That's how God works. See, he's calling you and I to trust him, though we don't see him. He's calling us to recognize that he is providentially so powerful in his workings in in our life. We should be able to recognize God's hand in our life. We should be able to go. God has been good today. He woke me up in my right mind. I'm still clear. I'm still clear. And my heart is not so wavery that I don't know to get up and come on that day that is a similitude of the Sabbath and give God glory for all the week where God allowed me to work and pay my bills and engagement in women and the dignity of my calling and the dignity of my manhood, the dignity of my womanhood. One day for a couple of hours, I'm going to give God glory for keeping me for keeping me. God owns everything, all the cattle on a thousand hills. He's not begging. He's looking for people who love him. Our God is spirit. He is to be worshiped in spirit and truth. for such the father seeks to worship him. He's never begging you to worship him. God will, and the whole of the heavens of the angels will rejoice with one sinner that gives God glory. One sinner that says, thank you, Lord, all of heaven will rejoice. This is the God of the Bible because he always walks in his own sufficiency. So you see it there. Point number three, point number three in our outline. So we can, I'm going to turn around in a second. Point number three, these are the what? Ten words of the covenant. These are the 10 words of the covenant. So very important for you to get it. Sub point A, we have what is called in the New Testament, a summation of these 10 words. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, learn this. I'm going to teach you something about the reduction principle of God for um, slow people like you and me. So you need to capture. It's called the reduction principle of God for slow people like you and me. Just, just grab it because you're slow. I'm just sorry. You're slow. You and I are slow. And and we better hurry up and catch up because artificial intelligence is about to dupe us really bad. All right. So Jesus said unto him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your hearts and with all your soul and with all your mind, right? That is a vertical commitment to God. Verse 38. Notice what it says in verse 38. Um, This is the first and great commandment. What is the second commandment? And love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you want to get an expansion on Exodus 20, go to Leviticus 19 in your own time. It gives you a fuller development of Exodus 20. In Exodus 20, we have what are called the 10 words. Okay. And those 10 words are uh, often said to be 10 commandments. Look at Exodus 34, verse 27 and 28. I want to develop this and keep moving. Exodus 34 is where Moses now is actually writing out the 10 commandments. And here's what he says. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these what, was words. Well, words. words, the bar. For after the tenor of these words have I made a what covenant. With thee and with Israel. Very important to get. So what we're dealing with in Exodus 20 is a covenant relationship. It is a binding covenant with stipulations of promises, blessings, and cursings that is to be agreed upon by two parties. This is what we call a bi-party covenant. Did y'all get that? Covenant is the same thing as in a marriage where you go, I do. And she goes, I do. And where you go, I will. And where he goes, what? I will. It is a bipartisan covenant. Verse 28. Listen to verse 28. And he was there with the Lord. Who was there? For 40 days and 40 nights like Jesus was, right? He he did neither eat bread nor drink water. Watch this. And he wrote upon the tables, the what? The words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. Now you see that little word commandment there? That's not even literally the word commandment. That is the word "words" again. The translators translated a commandment because they wanted us to infer that the words that God gave us are to be understood as commandments. But in reality, back in Exodus chapter 20, the emphasis is on this. And I want you to get it. God spoke his word to us. This is why Jesus said in Matthew chapter four, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want you to get that. We can easily infer that the Dabar is also the Shafat or what we would call the mispot, the the commandments and instructions of God. We can easily infer that the totality of the Torah are the instructions of God, but they come in the form of Dabar, in the form of words, and those words become Shafat or what we call instructions and law. Does that make some sense? But there is no instruction where there is no word. And the great event on that day was that God spoke to them in words they could understand. And he does it to you and me too today. This is why we say in the beginning of the New Testament gospel, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And there was nothing that was made that the word did not make. God has spoken. And he's spoken so clear. All we got to do is sit there and endure that word and it'll make sense to us. He does love us enough to make sure he's not speaking in tongues without interpretation. So it's important for you to get that. Sub point, uh, point number three, there are f- four subpoints I want to capture. A summation of the law. He breaks them down into two, what we call two tablets. The first tablet is to God. The second tablet is to man. Y'all got that? Y'all heard that before, right? So, here the 10 words you just saw them in Exodus 34 are broken down into two tablets and they're given by one God. Did you get it? The 10 words are broken down into two tablets and given by what? Here, the Lord your God is one Lord, Him alone shall you worship. So, the one true and the living God who is the unity of Purpose and harmony and reality for us gave us 10 words that can be extrapolated out to an infinite set of instructions, but they're simple in their compilation. This is why we call them a summary of the covenant, because when you break down the two, you discover that God reveals who he is, demands that he be worshiped for who he is and then tells us that we are to worship him a certain kind of way. And after he lays out who he is and how we worship him, he says, this is how you are to live with one another. You shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's ass, your neighbor's ox, or anything that is your neighbor's I am your God. I'm able to provide for you. You don't need to steal anything from anybody. You don't need to covet another man's wife. I'll give you a wife. I'll give you children. I'll give you health. I'll give you wealth. I'll give you power. I'll give you authority. I'll give you purpose in this world. So long as God is your central organizing principle. Now, this is the reason why America's is going, in, going to hell in a handbasket. I'm almost through. There's a reason why America's going to hell in a handbasket is because they are intentionally trying to prove God wrong. They're intentionally trying to prove God wrong. I think I'm going to come back and unpack those 10 for you guys because there's so many stupid arguments that are going on in the church around them. Now, the reason why I'm telling you that they're not 10 commandments, they're 10 words, because when you read the Decalogue carefully, you'll find that if you try to identify any of them as commandments, it's only about nine of them. Do you understand that? And now people are arguing around. There's only nine commandments. Okay, don't make any idols, right? Don't bow down and worship them, right? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's three. What's the fourth commandment? Honor the Sabbath day. Then you got five more. How many is five times four? I know you went to government school. I'll help you. There's nine. So God lied, didn't he? He lied. No, he didn't lie. You got 10 words there, not commandments. There are thousands of commandments in your Bible. God gave you 10 words and it started with a revelation of himself. A revelation of himself. I am the Lord your God. I'm the one that brought you out. That's the first word. And the other nine are attached to it. You don't get to misrepresent me and you don't get the hate on your family or your neighbor. And I'm the God that will keep you in all of that. Does that make sense? Right. Very good. Very good. Now, let me let me help us to understand uh, in this subpoint uh, sub point C. But I'm going to read this through the summation is to a seriously breached. And all of this is seriously breached by every man. That's sub point B. I already made that point. Do you see all those verses? John 17, 9. Acts 7, 52 and 53, Romans 3, 9 through 11, Ecclesiastes seven twenty. If you know your Bible already made that argument, you know what the argument is? God gave us the law and none of us kept it. That's literally what Jesus said in John 7. Stephen arguing with the Sanhedrin says, hey, God gave us the law and none of us kept it. And they killed Stephen for it. Paul said it in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. It is evident by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified in God's sight. For all have sinned and come short of God's glory. Did y'all hear that? Over and over again, Ecclesiastes 7.20, there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good. No, not one. You know what that means? Nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. So when you turn that decalogue around and you go back, I mean, this outline around, and you go back to point. Number one, you are a royal priesthood only because we have one mediator between man and God, and that is the man Christ Jesus. And that mediator ever lives to make intercession for those who come to him by faith. In other words, you can't be a priest unless you're part of the priesthood of Christ. Unless you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, then you can be part of the priesthood. So point uh, point number two, I am the Lord your God. We have argued forever and a day that Jesus is the revelation of the invisible God. If you don't see Jesus, you can't see the father. This is why it was Thomas in, J- in John chapter 21 who said, When Jesus said, Stick your hand in my side, stick them in my hands and be believing. Immediately Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Jesus is the revelation of the invisible God. He's the second person, He's the cause by which everything is made. And where you and I fail to recognize him as God, we are blinded to the father and we don't have the spirit. Did that make some sense? So just as it, I told you this, I'm going to prove this later on. Some of you guys already know it. That coming down from heaven to the top of Mount Sinai, that was Jesus. Moses met Jesus. Did y'all hear what I just said? Moses had fellowship with Jesus. This is why Jesus could say in John chapter five and six, Moses spoke of me. You are are searching the scriptures and you think in them you have eternal life. You hear all kinds of people talking about how they know God because they study the Bible. But when you don't see Jesus in the Bible, it means you don't have the third person. The Holy Ghost helps you see Jesus. And Jesus helps you see the father and no one's coming to the father, but by him and Christ has to give you that revelation. That's the battle I'm fighting in this world. And you are too. And they're trying to beat us back and tell us that Jesus is not needed. That's a lie from hell. You cannot know God in any saving way apart from the son. Did that make some sense? And in the final, final third point, as I close, these are the 10 words of the commandment. I love this. The Bible's very clear. There's no one in this world that has kept God's law, but Jesus. Jesus said, I, he said in John chapter eight, he says, which of you can convince me of sin? He's talking to the rulers. I've lived among you for 30 some odd years. I ate your food, I drank, I hung out, I taught, I preached. Which one of you can convince me of sin? And all their mouths were shut. Do you know why? Because he did no sin. He knew no sin. This is what John is saying. Paul says, in him was no sin at all. John the Baptist called him the sinless lamb of God. When Pilate killed him, Pilate says, I find no fault in him at all. So if y'all going to kill him, you guys are killing an innocent man. Did y'all get that? And God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So as we're reading the 10 commandments or the 10 words, what we know is those 10 words were designed to drive you somewhere. That's the way Paul put it. It's a schoolmaster to help you understand how righteous God is and how sinful we are apart from the grace of God. And even ladies and gentlemen, may I say this as I get ready to close. That you and I recognize we are sinners does not mean that you and I should continue living like hell. Shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That's the reason he gives you his spirit so that his grace can work in you to at least do a reasonably good job of loving him. And I mean as reasonable enough for his glory to be reflected in your submission and obedience. But it's not so much as you to end up stealing Christ's glory and becoming a false savior to other people. Don't ever lie to people. Don't ever lie to people and tell them that you're all that. Tell them all. He's all that. And I'm all that in him. And I really do love him. I really do love him. Now, love is not a false fabrication and, and, and figment of our imagination when the Holy Ghost shows up in your life he pours the love of God into your soul and your soul constantly says oh how I love Jesus oh how I love Jesus and daily we live with loving and longing to be like him even though now we are far from it but we are not what we used to be We are not what we used to be. And God can take this little flickering light of ours. It's a little flickering light. Every believer is a little flickering light. And he can light up a whole room of darkness with that little flickering light. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Holy Ghost, keep pouring oil in. Pour the oil in, Holy Ghost.
1: Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here grace-bible.com is our website. Again, that's grace-bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today. This program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. I not what they
2: might say, we love Jesus anyway. I don't care what they might say, we love
1: Jesus anyway.